Ultra. Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are floating through Disney's The Little Mermaid one minute at a time. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And I'm Kestra Dorowski. Today, for the last time this week and probably this film, we are joined by Crystal Beth. That's me, and that's sad. Yeah, sad to see you go. You're a good guest. Oh, thank you. You guys are fun to listen to. (laughs) I've learned so much. (laughs) We'll definitely have you on in future films. Yes, you most definitely. You are always welcome. (laughs) Oh, that makes me happy. We are discussing Minute 35, which begins with Sebastian saying, I tried to stop her, sir, as he grips King Triton's beard in his claws. And it ends with King Triton saying, I consider myself a reasonable something. Cuts off there. Minute 35 of The Little Mermaid features Sebastian cracking under the pressure and telling King Triton everything about Ariel going up to the surface and seeing humans. Flounder surprising Ariel with Eric's statue in her grotto, and Ariel seeing King Triton entering her grotto. Dun dun dun! This is one of my favorite lines from any movie. I tried to stop her, sir. She wouldn't listen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, like Sebastian. Sebastian cracked in like a minute and five seconds. He he he, (laughs) like. He just completely crumbles. And I understand him feeling like he was getting like a different signal from King Triton. Oh, absolutely. But like right it. before, King Triton's smiling at him and he's like, hmm, yeah, but who's she in time, love with? At, at the same time, it could be King Triton being like, you're in trouble and I'm smiling oh, at you. Like true. He's like, you're in trouble and I'm smiling at you because I- you and I both know that you screwed up, mister, <laughs> and you are going to get it. Yeah. Like I get, like I, guess I can with see the tr- that same Especially effect. with the the trident like poking, poking him, he's, he's poking like, him with the tip of the trident. He's like, ah. Ah. and so, <laughs> like I, I definitely can see it both ways. I feel like Sebastian should be like maybe like seems a little too happy, or is he just really happy that he's gonna get rid of me? Like, is Sebastian just really self conscious about this moment? He's like. He's very upset with me, and he's, he's very excited to ruin my life. He's probably really in his brain, in his own mind. Yeah, Sebastian is... is he's like, oh no, oh no, I've been trying to keep this a secret. And he's overthinking and, oh, all of it. Uh, yeah. But as soon as he thought, um, as soon as Harold, the Harold, the seahorse, came to tell him, like, he's been like, King Triton knows. And it, it, yeah, he, he, he is, like, biting his fingernails, basically, at this prospect. And then King Triton's like he he keeps Sebastian's like I, I tried to stop her he, humans <laughs> he completely are, cracks and he's like humans, he, he blah, like blah, blah. he turns on a dime he turns against Ariel he's like he's ready to throw her under the bus yes. yeah and it was Ariel I tried to stop her and, well, I'm at, just a crab at first King Triton's like what are you talking about and then he. He's like, humans, they're bad. They're dangerous. dangerous Or trouble or something. And so he's just trying to, like, feed King Triton the things that King Triton likes to hear, which is that humans are bad and dangerous. And then King Triton's like, humans? What do you mean? And 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 his Triton starts glowing. Yeah, okay. King Triton has some anger concerns, especially about humans. And Sebastian immediately realizes, like, he didn't know. 
Oh no! I did it bad. Oh dear! I did a bad job. (laughs) And then he starts floating away. He's yeah. So he's like he like grabbed (laughs) Triton's beard as he's like please. He's like he's like draping himself towards Triton, which is ridiculous because he's like tiny. He's so small. And he's like, he's like, it's not my fault. He's so dramatic. And like the gestures, uh, like, it was her, the humans and everything. And then Triton's all upset. And he's like, I I didn't say humans. Who said anything who about said humans? Anything about humans? <laughs> what do you mean humans? And Triton just oh, grabs them. Oh, it's so funny. It's, it is a wonderful sequence that's still comedic. At the same time, like the dramatic tension is in place. And they balance it so well that you're feeling both of those things. Like, you can laugh, and at the same time, you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Which is a hard balance. Yeah. And then it cuts away to Ariel and Flounder. And Ariel has to move the the, the, the stone door. door. Okay, but it looks like she, like, picks it all the way up. She is real strong. Right. And She's a strong they, lady. They move through and the... And she don't need no man. <laughs> They move through the the entrance of the grotto, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's a lot longer of a tunnel than before. I think they just uh, give like the camera a little bit of an effect. So, okay. so as they're swimming by, it's tracking with them, and so it looks longer. Okay. Um, I thought it looked about the same. Like I noted that throughout this, uh, this particular part, as they're swimming through the cave part or the tunnel, uh, they add echo to their voices. And so you get a sense of the entire area, which I don't think they were doing Echo like that in the grotto before. No. And it, it tones down when she gets to the statue, but I definitely heard Echo effect uh, as they were swimming through, which yeah. was new. And it makes it kind of like claustrophobic. It, it adds to the drama because you're like, no, we're feeling like we're in this area. I didn't notice that. But the colors, again, are muted, which they were before with the grotto. But yeah. Like maybe what? a little more so. Maybe a little more, yeah. Yeah. How did Flounder do this? Especially I know. This, okay. like what? there's nothing that works for this. One, the skylight is it's like not that big. it's not that big. Maybe it's a little bigger now. Two. <laughs> Spoiler. Ariel had to move the door. Ariel had to move it. Yeah, and so like yeah, Flounder can't move that door. Three, that door space is not... It's not big enough. There's, like, this grotto had to have been built around this statue. And then... <laughs> and then Flounder is so small, and this statue probably weighs a oh, it's ton. it's huge. It's... Hundreds of pounds, for sure. It's... Like, it's it's more than a full-size statue of Prince Eric in stone. Yes. But then again, it floats a little bit. As we saw, so... But they only... But the animators did that for a purpose. They I said know. that. But maybe that's the explanation. It's like, oh, it's on a wooden base. It's easier to maneuver. And maybe... So, so I don't know. I mean, my... I always thought, when I was a kid, I guess... I didn't really think about this part that much, because I was really into Under the Sea. And then Under the Sea stopped, and I started losing interest in the, in the movie. Um, <laughs> so, I guess I always thought that somehow it was, like, fate... And it fell into that position in the grotto through the skylight, even though the skylight wasn't that big. I think I th- I, th- I thought the same thing. I, when I did was too. You okay, just so. jogged a memory with me too, where yeah, I just assumed it ended up near, like super close to there, and they just sort of 
helped it in. Yeah, like so it just it just happened to land there or something. Yeah, or it like and landed Flounder's on top, like, and he's like, "Oh, I can just push it in." Yeah, or and, something and like that. Something because, because like yeah, I definitely thought it's like Flounder didn't move this here. Flounder didn't get this present for her. He's just the one telling her. He's like, "Guess what landed landed in the grotto." Yeah, it's perfect, and but it's like. No, they're definitely showing it as though Flounder somehow prepared this, which he certainly couldn't have done it alone. Right. And I don't know who would have helped him. I mean, he's guppy number 35, maybe. The 34 other guppies. (laughs) He got his entire school to come help move the statue in for Ariel. But yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Or, I mean, I think the next best idea I had was that when it was sinking during the storm... He helped, like, push it towards the skylight so it would land there. And then he went back to the surface to find her. Um, and she had found Maybe. Eric. But, like, it, it, it doesn't, just doesn't... It makes no sense. No, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't care that much. Yeah. I'll slide right into it and, and let it, you know, let it happen. Right. But I can't let the question, like, Yeah, by. like, we have to ask the we, question. Like, it's a movie's how? five minutes podcast. How? <laughs> how? <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta ask that question. Yeah. Um, why does Sebastian lead King Triton to the grotto. Like ah. so so he starts he starts spelling and and he's like humans I didn't say humans and like Triton is demanding that he tells but like he didn't have to spill about the collection. He could have just been talking about like she saw some some fireworks and we went up and there was the ship and then there was a crash and she saved him. Like he doesn't have to like like ruin her collection. Maybe... I think he's an honorable crab. He's not gonna lie after he gets caught. So he's telling, like, the whole truth, but at the same time, I feel like it would have been nice to protect her. But maybe, maybe once, once he, like, starts telling a story, then he has to, like, tell the whole story, or King Triton's like, I know there's more. You need tell to tell me the more. rest yeah. of tell it. Me, tell me the more. rest of it. Tell or me the yeah. rest. Triton knows about the grotto and knew everything and knew where to find him. And, and Sudi was like, "What about humans?" And Sebastian was like, "Oh, who said anything about humans?" And the next line was, "All right, we, we got to go talk to Ariel and force oh, him to come oh, with her." And because no. he's a dad, dads know. Kids think they have like hiding spots, but parents know where they are all the time. <laughs> and uh, I mean, most of the time. But I think that there is a possibility that it was less about Sebastian spilling the beans as it was King Triton being like, yo, I know Ari- what's going Ariel on. Ariel goes to this spot, but, so let's yeah, check it out. Yeah. Speaking of it being like te- like teenagers having hiding spots, the animators on the audio commentary said that they wanted it to be like a, a teenage girl's room and that like all this stuff and then the teen and then the the statue was going to be basically like a rock star poster that that like teenage girls she's obsessed with with and flirt with and everything i i think it's so funny the sequence where she is like play acting with him it's hilarious and it's so cheesy but it's also like so accurate yep for like a teenage girl when she thinks she's alone, run away like, with you. It's like, oh, oh Eric. Oh, Eric. Oh, it's so it's sudden, so, and she's just so sudden, sudden. And she's being like, she's trying to be so serious with it, but it's like Ariel, like you're being you're kind a of dork. a goober. <laughs> like, like it's just a statue, and you're 16. Like you're being 
real a silly. Dork. You're you're being a like a silly little kid at the same time. And then she as, twirls as around and is like, teenager. "Oh, I'm so funny." Yeah, like she she knows she's being a little bit goofy, but at the same time, she was so into that play acting. And like her voice work on that, it's like it's all so sudden. Sudden. And she's trying to like be all sultry. To be, she's trying to be sultry and m- older, and like, oh, I'm more mature than this sixteen year old girl yeah. that's f- disobeying. But at the same time, her like mature statement was like, "Run away with you," which is an, an immature way to do it. Oh, yeah, this is so sudden. But like running away because she was forming a plan before under the sea yes to to go find him at the castle did she really think that they were gonna run away together and she's gonna and 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 he's gonna say let's run away together it's like you're still a mermaid yeah exactly you don't have a solution for this also she's gonna find a way now that i think about it run away she can't run away away. she should have said swim away maybe you're right I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe it's just a term that they also use. Maybe. Not for like uh, running, the writers, running. I think the writers should have thought about that. You're right. They were they were they were focused not enough on what it's like to be a mermaid. They didn't embrace the character quite so much. <laughs> maybe it was because the the guys uh, what is it? Ron and John. Ron and John. John. Ron and John. They uh, wrote the songs, right? Uh, Ron and John were the, the writers, writers and, and directors, directors of the film. So it was Howard, Howard and Ash- Alan, that- Howard Ashman, and Alan Menken. Okay, so Howard and Alan were like, "We're going to really get into this fish thing. We're going to be like the seaweed's always greener in someone else's lake." And then the other two were like, "What? We don't need to map this onto sea life at all." And they should have taken a page of those guys' books. Yeah, yeah, because I'd say the Slip songs away. are probably are probably stronger about that whole thing. Like in part of your world, part of your world where she's like, um, what, "What's the word feet?" And uh, and street like she's not sure what all these terms are, and then when they're doing just dialogue, they don't seem to have that same issue. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say that's fair. Um, is that they lean they leaned into it for the music and then didn't really think about it for the for the script. That makes sense. I can see that. Hmm. Um. See. Okay. So King Triton comes in and he and he says he's reasonable something. Does he seem especially reasonable throughout this film? No. Mm-hmm. And especially in this moment, he is Like he's saying big. it's like I think I'm reasonable. Ah, you're kind of threatening. He is big. Yeah. He is scary. And in this this moment, he's half hidden in the shadows and his eyes are just Right. right, it's it's a very so intimidating and it's like, shot and dark for him. I am scared of you, Triton. Yes, like and uh, well, and like Sebastian told him everything because Sebastian felt threatened. So, like reasoning is not the way Triton gets what he wants. I think he does it predominantly through intimidation. Definitely, which is not good. No, no, and and he like Ariel is his favorite, and yet he is so strict and scary and isn't reasonable at all. Because she's yeah. like, if you would just listen, and he d- he and doesn't listen at all, at all. Like no. there's there's zero listening, and he yells at her, and then she swims away. Or in this case, he yells at her, and then blows up everything. Spoilers! Oh. Spoilers for next week. It's really <laughs> rough. Like 
It is very intense and awful. And I mean, I don't. I don't want to say he's like the worst dad in a Disney movie because he because he's definitely not. He's not a villain, but at the same time, like, I mean, you compare him to like Mufasa. Mufasa was like when he was upset, he talked to his son, right? And when King Triton's upset, he destroys stuff. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, there there are better father figures in Disney movies than King Triton, and I would say when he's like, I consider myself reasonable. Who are you asking about that? Like, have you gotten some some feedback about that statement? Because I think you'd find that most people would say, "Are you reasonable?" Not especially, but I'm also really scared to tell you that because you're the king. Yeah. Like they wouldn't. They would. I don't think they would. Like, like, there's no one that would say that to him except Ariel. Except Ariel. Maybe some uh, of the other daughters would, maybe, would yell back at him, but maybe well, when he was when when Athena was still Yeah, when when his wife was still there. So he may there, have become was, less reasonable. He was reasonable and listened more and was happy and then he lost his wife and feels this overprotecting need to At least for his family, and especially in regards to humans, because humans killed his wife, but yeah. at the same time he just doesn't seem like he would have at any time been especially reasonable or or when yeah. his wife died, which however long it was ago, I don't know how how long he's been um a single father at this point. Um he doesn't seem to have like if he's still getting this upset about every mention of humans, like he has not dealt with this grieving yeah. process. He's also a god. Yeah, like so he has power. He doesn't like there is a aloofness and a dis connection from the rest of the world that gods have or people in superior power and that was the whole thing with the the greek gods and everything they just did stuff to humans because they were bored and not saying that he's doing stuff to humans because he's bored but there's a disconnect with how they throw temper tantrums basically is what it is Mm -hmm. he's like i told you not to do this oh gosh now i have to break your stuff because you're not paying attention to me or listening to me and i'm super important so there's a, a level of disconnect from, I guess, Mufasa, if we're going to use that as an example, where Mufasa is yeah. a king that was groomed to be king as opposed to a god, which is just, well, I have the power and I've always yeah, done and, this. Right. So here we and, go. And, and feeling like their, their, uh, their kingdom is superior and separate. Right. And with, with that, like, he, yes, he is a god because his dad is, or at least a demigod or, or at least a demigod because his his dad's, his dad's poseidon. poseidon or neptune depending on which greek or roman yeah but and so he would have that father figure which which, is, which they are is typically not i mean i've, I've only figure. read a little mythology but uh like one for one gods as father figures not great in greek and roman mythology yeah not no. the best <laughs> Like so, not good examples. So he doesn't have this great, this a, great a perspective of a of a father. Yeah, and so he does. Like, what's I think, he basing it off? Right. Of? I think that when he had Athena, he was probably not to be confused with Athena, the, yeah, the goddess. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Ariel's mother was named Athena. Was not the Athena, right? Of I, the Greek pantheon. Yeah, I think Got when it. he had Athena, he was probably. Happier and and more uh, subdued, and more subdued. E- even though he did still didn't have this father figure or this father role he, model. He had a spouse. He had a spouse who helped out. out, and 
and then he lost her and uh, probably got a bit of anger management issues. Oh, he definitely has some anger management issues. More so then than he had before. And then uh, then that kind of overtook him because he didn't have this wife to kind of calm him down and and tell him everything's okay and yeah. and help him be mm-hmm. a father and be a parent as well as rule the kingdom. I'm trying to think, like, what's what would be the best way to help Triton, like, deal with these things? Like, he obviously... To resolve this stuff, like, he needs some kind of help from somewhere. Um, and he needs to have a change in perspective. Because right now, it's it's a dangerous perspective that he has. And it's dangerous to people around him. People he cares about. Like, he's going to destroy relationships on his current yeah. path. And we're, like, we're seeing it about to happen. So, like, like, what would be the best way to help him, like look from another person's perspective or be a little more understanding or a little less um, temper prone and, and instantaneous. Like his temper flashes so fast when Sebastian says humans. I'm trying to think of like what, like who in the kingdom can help him? What can they do to help him? Mm. Because he also has a very isolated throne room. Like, he doesn't take a lot of advisors. He has Sebastian, who's really like his, his he, only he, advisor. And I don't even know if advisor is the right term, because basically he sends Sebastian to do things when he thinks it's a good idea. And he doesn't take advice from Sebastian, except when he asks, like, whether he was too harsh on Ariel earlier. I mean, he and, and then Sebastian just just um, back Triton up. He's like, you know, they you weren't harsh enough, basically, is what Sebastian says. Right, but... Which, which worsens the situation. Right. But he does call uh, Sebastian his most trusted advisor. Yes. But that's kind but, of... But Sebastian but that's is, kind of is to, like, yes butter man. him up, be like, you're my most trusted advisor, therefore I want you to watch over yeah, my he, child. Yeah, here's, here's your new crummy assignment. Yeah. yeah. And also, and again, like, it Sebastian... comes down to him being a god, too. He doesn't... Yeah. Gods don't need help, they don't need advisors, but they do need yes-men. Yeah, and Sebastian's completely a yes man. He's always reinforcing Triton's own worldview. Like, I don't see him actually challenge it until the end of the film, but we're already dealing with a bunch of other things that are um, that are pushing things that way at that point. And I feel, I don't know if when King Triton said, was I too hard on her, if Sebastian had said something different, it would have maybe made this situation better. And I, or if King Triton would have basically ignored him. Yeah, I don't right. know. I don't know who but, or what could help him. Yeah, he, this is a tough guy who needs to be asking the questions of himself and, and not of not of his most trusted yes man. Right, and everyone's probably very intimidated by him, so that doesn't help because no one can really be straightforward with him on his parenting and on his anger and... And and everyone's seen him be angry because he was angry at the concert. Like, he is angry almost every time we see him in this film. Yeah, right. He has angry moments. Except at the end. Well, at the end, he... Yeah. At the end, he's sad. Yeah. And, and kind of happy, but not so angry anymore. But yeah, it's... I don't know if Triton's a complex guy, but I don't know how to deal with him. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm I'm scared of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> even when it's saying it's like, ah, oh, he he needs help. I'm really scared to tell him that. Yeah, and now that I think about it, like there are people who call him Triton, mm-hmm. and 
that like they won't say King Triton. Like with the animators, they 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 call him Triton. Uh huh. But, but for the, me, but for me, I'm like it's, it's I, I have to say King Triton. Otherwise, I'm gonna feel like scared. I'd say and throughout disrespectful the movie, and... it's pretty much always King Triton. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only person who really or like, Daddy, uh, yeah, um, or Daddy. But the like Ursula is the is his main opposing force, like the person who is actually trying to move against him. And I think she still say, says King Triton a lot of the time. A lot of the time, I think so. Yeah. Um, and she knows that like the way to get around, like to get to him, like she can't, she can't direct anything at him. She has to subvert him by going through his daughter. So even his main opponent isn't going to deal with him directly because. That's not going to work out. You have to you have to dig into weak points, which is yeah. his family, which undermines him. Yeah, and even in mm-hmm. the the original like storyboard, and in the Broadway musical, Ursula is his sister, and she like in the musical she calls him brother dearest, but still sometimes calls King, him King, King Triton. Triton. Um, but a lot of the times it's kind of mocking. Yes, a bit, but so. But at the same time, she's like. She's not going to go try to fight him without ruining things with his daughter. Right. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know if we've come to a, like, a good conclusion about this, but I feel <laughs> like it was a good conversation about King Triton. And like through relatively few scenes, this is a pretty intense character. Maybe a little one note with his anger. Yeah. But, um, but there's enough other notes for it to be like, oh, his anger is like, very close to the surface but he does try to do other things he tries to like be happy that ariel is in love and things like that it just really doesn't work out for him and he wants it to be the way he thinks it should be yeah sounds like a dad (laughs) i'll let you know in a little while (laughs) now you know how not to act don't Don't break her stuff yeah, don't break her stuff. Don't break her stuff. Don't Got be, it. Don't be King Triton. Don't be King Triton. Okay. <laughs> Got it. I'll help you. Thanks. I'm out of notes. As am I. Me too. All right. That's all we have for you today. We are part of Dueling Genre. You can find us and many other podcasts at duelinggenre.com. There you will also find a link to a Patreon page where you can support all Dueling Genre productions. We are on Twitter and Instagram at DizMinute, on email as DisneyAnimationMinute at gmail.com, and on Facebook at the Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society or Damsels Group. Our guests can be found. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Crystal Beth, and you can listen to The Fifth Element and Unlimited Lives Radio on iTunes. Great. We've enjoyed having you on this Thank week. You are you are always an excellent guest. <laughs> yes. Oh, thanks. This is always fun. I love Disney so much. <laughs> <laughs> we do too. Yeah. Yeah. What? We want to Can thank you imagine. <laughs> we want to thank moviesbyminutes.com for having the catalog of all or close to all of the movies by minute podcasts. It's out a there. lot. There's a lot out there. I gotta look through that again sometime. Yeah. Until next time, thank you for making us part of your world.